Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Children's Ministry. We're back, baby. Uh, And I am just glad to be here uh, and able to uh, share some thoughts uh, and hopefully some helpful thoughts uh, that I have been uh, gleaning through these past couple of months. Um, If you're unaware, have listened to previous episodes. Uh, I picked up in April uh, on top of the current preteen ministry we have. I also picked up the uh, kindergarten through third grade ministry. Uh, And during that time as well, we shifted from a kindergarten through third and a fourth through sixth to a kindergarten through second and a three through fifth grade ministry. There has been a lot going on and it has taken me quite a while to uh, finally get my feet up under myself uh, and able to jump back into this podcast. Um, Unfortunately, sorry, uh, this does uh, fall second to uh, the work at my church uh, and I hope that you all understand, but we are here now and we are jumping in. Uh, And let me just tell you, I got loads of content to unload. Uh, If you're familiar with the concept of this podcast, it's called Navigating Children's Ministry because I'm navigating through it. Uh, I'm three years in now to uh, ministry and really just uh, barely scratching the surface of what it means to be a a, a kid's pastor and a pastor in general. And I just want to take you guys along on the the journey as I'm actively learning uh, with y'all as well. So anyways, today we are jumping in. uh, And uh, as uh, I recently begun and will continue to do, uh, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, what what the gospel and how the gospel applies to what we're talking about today. So if you read the uh, the, the title, you obviously know we're, we're talking about how you deal with your kid's behavior. Um, and so before we jump in, I just wanted to read uh, through Proverbs, uh, and it's Proverbs 22, 6. Uh, and as kids pastors, we probably know this one pretty well, but it's train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, and the concept behind this one is that uh, at the end of the day, uh, we're not just there to uh, to put theological ideas in our kid's head, right? We're not just there to be uh, spiritual influences. We're not there to just teach kids the Bible. Um, and it's easy to get kind of stuck in that uh, ideology. But at the end of the day, we are teaching these kids how to be people in the world who love Jesus. And part of that is, uh, you know, being able to uh, have a... Uh, respectable countenance is the really formal way I would say that. And I can't figure out how to say that. That doesn't sound like um, I'm talking in a business meeting. Uh, but we want kids to, uh, to act appropriately because at the end of the day, their their actions and their uh, the way they act uh, exemplifies Christ and teaching them that. And so helping them uh, be respectful, be able to listen, be able to understand, uh, especially with their peers, right? One of the big things that I've really been noticing is um, – the kids will, I mean, they just, they're kind of rude sometimes, a lot of times. Uh, and, and I don't think they even have a understanding of how hurtful the things they're saying they uh, are. But uh, just teaching the kids uh, respect is important, and we want to base that off of Scripture. And so uh, choosing Proverbs 22.6 was the reason for that today, uh, and that we really want to not just teach the kids about the Bible, but teach the kids how to apply the Bible into their life and, and show that. So today, uh, like I said, we're talking about how you deal with kids' behaviors Um, from one children's pastor to another. Kids are a hot mess. But 
and we know this deeply. Sometimes it's harder to get out than others, but they are capable of so very much. They are uh, fountains of energy and ideas and excitement, and we love that. Uh, and and the, the difficult thing for me especially, I am, I am all fun, uh, all for the party, all ready to go all the time. But at the end of the day, um, there are times where we need to listen, where we need to be respectful, where we need to um, uh, pay attention. Uh, and, and really, as a lot of our churches, right, we just hit um, two weeks ago, I think, at our church, we hit numbers that we haven't seen since COVID. Um, we are just finally rounding that final hurdle uh, and hitting some of our pre-COVID numbers, uh, which is totally awesome. And, and a lot of our churches are, right, as we hit that full stride post-COVID uh, I think a lot of us are feeling additional stress put on us by the kids um, because they are, they just seem a little more rambunctious. I remember, and I don't remember super well, um, I only I only served about eight months uh, in, in ministry, uh, and I was an intern at that point as well, um, with the kids pre-COVID before things got crazy, so sorry if I aged myself there. I wasn't even full-time ministry when COVID hit, um, but... It, it, there's a difference. There's a palpable difference in the room from every age range, uh, from from twelfth uh, graders to kindergartners to third graders. They all act differently, and you get this weird combo of they are emotionally more mature um, than they should be, but like intellectually and socially, they're not. They're about a year behind, and so you get this weird mess of kids who are you know uh, accelerated in some areas and decelerated in others and uh, you get a lot of uh, a lot more I would say rambunctious behavior a lot more uh, just I get a lot of just uh, yelling out I don't know what you guys and how that looks I get a lot of yelling out a lot of just um, you know no no sort of patience to sit and be for a second, uh, and so uh, there's a lot of struggles that come in the classroom, uh, and uh, the question we have is, is, how do we work through these struggles? How do we work through these kids who are obviously different um, than the kids pre-COVID, uh, and as our rooms are starting to fill up again, we're really noticing that uh, and we're really trying to figure out what to do. So how do we how do we work through that? Uh, before all this, I was, uh, you know, I preface things a lot, and I want to preface this by saying at the end of the day, Kids are going to be kids, and I'm going to close out with that point as well. Um, and so we, we, we are not creating a, a rigid, structured environment where every kid is expected to follow the rules exactly, uh, and, and there's no sort of grace or mercy, right? We are, at the end of the day, the church as well, and uh, it's kind of what we're known for. Um, and we really want to take the opportunity anytime we need to to turn things into learning moments because at the end of the day— um, Kids act the way they do because of their environment. And those kids, and you know who I'm talking about, uh, who are the most likely to disrupt your class uh, are also the most in need of love and grace. And so this is not a disciplinary rule book for everyone to come lay the hammer down, uh, to you know bring out the paddle once again and uh, have your way with kids. Uh, no, it is an opportunity for us to look uh, and reorient how our kids are structured um, to help them, right? Uh, at the end of the day, a lot of times these kids... Um, aren't intentionally trying to be disruptive or rambunctious or crazy. Uh, it's just the way that our environment is set up is not conducive to a um, easy or smoother flowing environment. So let's jump into our numbers before I ramble on forever. Uh, so number one, uh, how do we uh, 
work through these struggles is number one is set the standard. Uh, this is something that I had to work through, uh, especially as I transitioned. I, I transitioned into uh, the kindergarten through third grade ministry, and there was really not much of a standard on behavior. Um, and, and so the kids acted how they did, not because they were being bad, because there was never any standard for them to act. Uh, and so very quickly, uh, I got together with uh, one of our leaders who is also has a PhD in child development. So I don't know if you guys got any of those laying around, but if you find one, snag them because they are so amazing. Uh, but we walked through. Uh, we did some research, we dove in, and figured out some ways to set up some basic standards. And so uh, this is something you can you are free to copy from me uh, or uh, edit yourself or make something similar. Uh, but we created a concept called the four R's, right? And, and at this point, every kid could just about recite the four R's to you, except the ones that decide to talk through it. But it's fine. You know, it's kids ministry. Uh, but the four R's are respect your leaders. Right, and we tell them, you know, respecting your leaders is listening when a leader is talking, doing what a leader asks you to do, uh, and just you know, gener- generally being respectful. Number two is respecting each other, right? Uh, we're always using kind words with each other. We're never putting our hands on each other. Uh, we're never being disrespectful to each other. Uh, and one thing I always like to include is respecting your friends is also not distracting them while they're trying to listen to service. Uh, number three is respect the room, right? You shouldn't be using things the way they shouldn't be. You shouldn't be tearing things up, etc. Uh, and the last but not least is raise your hand. If you need anything, if you have anything to say, if you need to go to the bathroom or you want to move, always raise your hand. And we go through those four R's at the beginning of every single service. And as part of our service flow is the four R's. Uh, and then with that, we went ahead and comboed with four strikes. Um, and so the kids have a clear, visible point. And that is point number two is set the consequences. So uh, another thing we ran into is we realized um, these kids don't really have a standard And then if we do have a standard, uh, they don't know where they're at in their standard, uh, right? A kid is not going to be able to adjust their behavior unless they know their behavior needs adjustment. And so we introduce these four strikes, and these four strikes uh, allow us to uh, visually show a kid, right? So some kids really need to see where they're at, and so we use our fingers a lot. Uh, and show them, you know, here's one strike, here's two strike, here's three strike. Uh, and then with each strike comes a, um, a growing consequence, right? And so the first strike, uh, if you're not following the four R's, as we say, or if you're not following the standards of your classroom, strike number one, a leader will talk to you. They'll let you know that you've received a strike um, and uh, kind of just kind of a warning right there. So strike number one. Strike number two, uh, if they continue to be disrespectful, if they don't listen or whatever, uh, then they'll go to the second strike. And the second strike is when they will move uh, from the area they're sitting to a different location. And a lot of times, that's it. That's where uh, the issue ends uh, is on that second strike. Most of the time, it's just kids uh, being kids uh, with their friends, and it just needs a little bit of space. Uh, And then we move on to three if they continue to be disruptive. Uh, And so number three, uh, they are pulled from the group, uh, pulled all the way out of the group and sit by themselves. Uh, And at that point, we have a conversation with parents when they come pick them up. One, because we want to let them know about their behavior. And two, because their kid did not receive uh, the standard uh, Sunday morning that most of their kids would receive. We don't want any any kid to go home and say, hey, yeah, I was pulled out of class and didn't get to participate in anything without any context from leaders because uh, that could be interpreted in many different ways. 
Uh, and then last but not least is the fourth strike. Uh, and in my four or five months so far uh, having this system, I've only had to use it once. Um, and it wasn't even like anything major. Uh, it was working through a student who was... Um, recently diagnosed with, with a special needs diagnosis um, and really just talking with mom about what they need. Um, and so uh, that right there was uh, the fourth strike. You pull them out and you contact the parent. Um, and uh, depending on your church and how that works, uh, setting up a system to do that efficiently and effectively, uh, but setting the consequences. And so, uh, like I said, most of the time you get to the second strike, the kid moves and they're fine. Um, very rarely do we get to a third strike in a conversation and almost never is the fourth strike. And so I say that to say, um, these are not hard and fast, right? The moment a kid talks in service, it does not mean they get a strike and the next thing they do is the next strike and the next thing they do is the next strike, right? Uh, but it is something to implement consistently. And so uh, that moves on to number three as we work with these kids uh, and just their energy in the service. Uh, the third thing is always follow through. Nothing will lose control of a class faster than if you say are following the strike system and you give a kid the third strike and you don't move them back and you don't talk with their parents, right? Or you give a kid the second strike and you don't make them move or, or you tell them you're going to let the parents know and you don't always do that, right? You have to always follow through with the set standards in your classroom or else kids will very quickly learn there is no repercussions to negative behavior, right? Uh, and this is getting into very, you know, child uh, development and, and psychology and stuff like that. And it's not uh, the most engaging thing, but it's something that we need to be aware of that if we are, um, you know, and, and we all know, like, we've seen that style of parenting before where there's a lot of empty threats from a parent. Um, and usually the only way they can get their point across is by being really loud or really exaggerated, uh, but almost no follow through. Um, and so we don't want that to be in our ministry area. And so, uh, that comes down to a lot of, um, talking with your leaders and encouraging them. Uh, and so we will get to some more leader based stuff in a moment. Um, but, uh, number four, uh, is to really make sure that your, uh, content is engaging. So um, making sure that what you're putting out there engages your kids can have a huge difference on the uh, environment uh, and in the mood in the room, right? Um, make sure that the content is uh, age appropriate, right? Uh, I'm not going to teach the same thing to my fifth graders as I will to my kindergartners. Kindergartners can't even read yet. So like that's where we're at. Um so make sure your content is engaging uh, and make sure it uh, connects with them well. Uh, and one of the key components to that is uh, making sure that your leaders who are teaching are engaging. Um, we've been recently running through that, and this will probably be a whole episode at some point, is getting the right people uh, to lead from the front and from the back. Uh, but we've been been doing some of that, and, and it's like, honestly, sometimes it's uh, it's time to let... Uh, you know, Miss Cheryl uh, find a new role, uh, and Miss Cheryl may have been teaching uh, your Sunday school class for forty years and taught you when you were in the Sunday school class, um, and we uh, really appreciate that. Uh, but she doesn't engage the kids well, and every time she teaches, it's just a hot mess. Uh, and so, 
making sure your content is engaging is important. We recently switched curriculums because of that struggle. Um, and and, and the, the content uh, from the videos to the games to the lessons to the worship is all really connected with the kids well and has really helped with the environment and helped them uh, engage in the environment and uh, get excited about it. Number five uh, is give them space, right? And give them a unique space for them, right? Give them a space uh, that can be theirs, that they can be proud to be in. That's another thing we've recently uh, really kicked up into gear. Uh, If you don't know, our church is semi-mobile, meaning we convert it into a community center throughout the week. And so all of our decorations every single week go up and go down, and that is a lot of work. Uh, But we have put in the work uh, because Giving the kids a space uh, buys them into each and every week, right? Every week when they come in, and uh, this week is, uh, or this month is, uh, our theme is is music and harmony. And so we have disco balls, and we have, you know, big cutout uh, guitars and, and things like that. Uh, and so each week when they come in, uh, they say, oh, this is a place for me where I can be a kid and I can engage, right? I'm not in a sterile environment. I'm not in a dry environment. Give them a space and let them use it well. And within that space, uh, once again, curate it to be age appropriate, right? Uh, my third, fourth, and fifth graders, they get to play Gaga Ball, and we have some video games in there. We don't have that in K2 because that's not right what they need, right? That's not going to help them uh, control themselves. I actually had to take out Foursquare and all of these other games from my K2 environment because it was just riling the kids up, and they were just energetic and, and everything. So whereas uh, a third, fourth, or fifth grader has enough uh, you know, self-control to run around in the Gaga Ball pit and then go sit down, uh, a second grader and a first grader may not. And so give them a space. Number six, train and enable your volunteers. You really want to make sure that uh, your volunteers are aware of the standard, are aware of the consequence, and know that they always need to follow through, right? Uh, Get those volunteers on the same page and enable them uh, to be able to carry out these consequences, right? Because at the end of the day, um, I'm running two ministries uh, with, you know, uh, anywhere between 80 and 100 kids in each service, um, split between the two ministries, I can't go and give out consequences to every single kid. I can't be the one who lays down the law. Now, at the end of the day, I can be the guy who, when we have a kid on the third strike, a leader brings me to them, and I have that conversation, because that's much more a rare conversation. Uh, but I can't be the guy that's sitting in every single service, and neither can you. And so you need to have uh, your leaders enable uh, and empower to do this sort of work, right? Because at the end of the day, and this is what I encourage them a lot, is that we're not over there disciplining kids. Because a, a volunteer doesn't want to come in and discipline kids. That's not what they're there for. But at the end of the day, we're helping the kids to focus on the message, uh, to avoid distracting others, and to help them learn uh, more about the gospel truths, right? Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, especially if you have a small group model or your leaders are leading smaller groups of students, uh, when they're able to reference the general standards and the rules of the room in their groups, it is a huge help as well. Number seven uh, is make sure that you're accommodating to your kids' needs. Uh, This really goes to special and additional need kids. Um, We have uh, one who is... Um, he is a joy. We love him, and he comes in every week, and he also really likes to just do whatever he wants. Um, he is on the spectrum, uh, has an IEP at school and everything like that, 
Um, but he just he, he'll just do whatever he wants, and he'll run on the stage or run out the door or run between uh, rows. And um, for a while, it was a leader just chasing him around the room, just trying to do damage control and everything like that uh, until we sat down. Um, and I, uh, you, you more than likely have this resource too, but we have several special needs teachers and directors in our uh, church who were able to help uh, come up with a plan for this student. And then we have a uh, a leader who is uh, specially designed and uh, uh, designated to be the special needs leader in our K2 room. And he sits with him now with a folder that is specially accommodated for this student. So the student can fill out each part of the service, can feel part of the service, can complete the service. And it has been night and day on this kid's attitude in the room. He participates. He uh, does worship. He listens. Uh, and and because uh, at the end of the day, he was not a kid that wanted to cause trouble. He was a kid that needed additional help, and we had to accommodate to that. And so we could have gotten frustrated and just kept, you know, kicking him out or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not what he needed. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's not what a lot of these kids need. Um, and so we have to accommodate to our kids' needs. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, this is a uh, long-winded one for sure uh, for my first one back in a hot minute. So uh, apologies there, or uh, you're welcome if you're really enjoying it. Uh, but last but not least, number eight, uh, just remember, they're always going to be kids. Um, my favorite part about leading with the kids is getting their energy up, getting them excited, getting them ready to do something like worship or whatever, um, because uh, at the end of the day, that's what they need. And at the end of the day, there's always like three or four kids that get way too like rowdy when I rile them up and start like jumping around and yelling and, uh, you know, obviously we have to deal with that, but it I would much rather have a room full of kids who are yelling and excited to be doing worship or being at church uh, than a room full of kids who are sitting quiet and still and listening um, because I want these kids to be excited in the same way about Jesus. And so we'll run through these one more time uh, with your room. Uh, these kids uh, are uh, you know, continuing to develop and change as their culture changes, and so we want to set the standard. We want to set the consequences. We always want to follow through with those standards and consequences. Uh, we want to make sure our content is engaging. We want to give them space. We want to train and enable their volunteers. We want to accommodate our kids' needs. And remember that they will always be kids. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to get this out. And to you guys, uh, and next week, there will be another episode. So uh, keep an ear out for that. I cannot wait. Next week is going to be preteen-themed, uh, and we'll be talking about uh, some preteen ideas uh, like uh, their pride and excitement in their ministry. So I'm super excited about that. I'll see you next week. Bye.